Well, hello, friends, and I'm really glad you've joined us for this episode of our podcast, IntelliKey Leadership Stories. I'm your host, Mark Stenson, president of Bioscience Bridge, a heart-centered branding consultancy. And my co-host is Kirsten Gouldy. She's CEO of Pure IntelliKey and the head of a business consulting practice. Uh, Kirsten has the week off. She's working on some uh, really special content and new programs that I think you're really going to enjoy. One, uh, she's starting a chapter of a new book on IntelliKey uh, based on Aristotle and principles that we've told you about. But also, Kirsten is beginning a Wisdom Keepers mastermind group to bring together a group of like-minded individuals. So if you've been listening to this podcast and thinking about getting together and gaining support and ideas to reach your full potential, this mastermind group is designed for you. You know, it's really going to bring together people who are thinking about their personal growth, expansion and success in their business and in their conscious leadership. So really think about a group like that. You can go online and check it out at pureintelliki.com. There'll be a organization group to see which group uh, fits you best. Kirsten will be having a coaching call with all the potential participants. So really consider that if you're looking for that kind of support and inspiration. You know, in this podcast, we've really had a chance to talk with so many of our guests about their practices, their inspiration, and what really helps them maintain their conscious leadership. And in this episode of our podcast, we wanted to revisit some of the answers that our guests have given. Call it a greatest hits episode, if you will. But we've gone back and captured their responses to a question we've asked so many of them. And that is, as they're working towards their goals, as they're developing their practices and their processes, how do they know they're making progress? How do they know they're advancing? How do they know they're moving towards their full potential? You know, Kirsten and I have really been moving beyond the kind of conceptual or what many people have called the woo-woo principles and really get down to the measurable, actionable practices that can help you improve what you're working on in your own life. So as we begin, what is a measurable key performance indicator for you as you reach your full potential? And here's some of their answers. Before I went into my office in my car, I would sit and I would do an affirmation. I am at peace. However, most affirmations don't work for people because you truly don't believe it. The ego comes in and tells you right every way that you're not at peace. But here's the trick. And it works because I did it is I took myself to the place of what would it feel like if? So my imagination went to peace. So what would it feel like if my day were at peace? What would I feel like today if it was peaceful? And I could get to a feeling. I do this for like two minutes before I went into the office. And no joke, you guys, after about two weeks of doing this, I could say I am at peace and something happens where it like triggers me into it. The days I did not do that went back to terrible. The days I did do that, awesome. You're bringing up such a good point about knowing what that feeling is. You and I, Kirsten, have talked about this business side of things. Okay, mm-hmm. So we're still going to have the left-brainers that say, okay, this is all good, but how do you measure it? We talk about KPIs, these mm-hmm. key performance indicators, and metrics and measurements. But how do you know you're advancing? 
I am making progress. I knew I was uh, making progress when my day went better because it was so stressful. So that was my measurement because I was under so much stress. I was having headaches, my my shoulders, you know, the tense neck, the backache. My days were better. I didn't have to pop the ibuprofen that day. I could get through the day without so much pain in my hips or, you know, like it was more a physical measurement, but I didn't feel so stressed. And how did then that, the outcome of that to your performance or your day. In other words, if I don't have a backache and if I don't have dizziness and I don't have headaches, then what can I do otherwise that I wouldn't have been able to? Yeah, I mean, I felt like those days were definitely more efficient from the workload that we had at the time. Like I could get more done there than having to take it home. I still had to take it home. It just seemed to flow a little easier. But that meant I was operating at a higher vibration. It meant that I was operating at a higher frequency. When you're operating at a higher vibrational frequency, you attract other things into your life that you desire. The opportunities started coming into my world to get me out of that space. The new job opportunities, the opportunities to start my healing business all started to surface nearly at the same time once I started doing that because I was connecting with a higher frequency. And I I think uh, we've talked about this, Kirsten, too, but this idea that, say, you're journaling and you see, well, these opportunities are coming my way. Mm -hmm. Some people just think, wow, I got lucky. You know, Mm -hmm. the door's open and people, no. You're shaking your head. No, exactly. I'm like, that is not just luck. Exactly. That's not that's, a random chance right. occurrence. Yeah. So it's the door is opening. You have mm-hmm. released whatever it is you had to get through. And now these other things. So take those as measurements. And I'm only saying that for those listeners who say, I really need a tracking device right. you know, to show if I'm making progress. That's right. We put marks on the wall or the door to see if our kids are growing. We might as well have the same kind of are we growing Measurements are becoming much more important than just our title and our salary. Today, people are really measuring vitality, health, longevity, happiness. These are quotients that weren't taken into consideration even yet 20 years ago, maybe even 10 years ago. I mean, the millennials have really shifted the dialogue. They assume this is their inherent right, and it really is their they have shifted even the adults because we're going, you're right. I don't want to be sick. I don't want to have a heart attack at 60. So I think even the measurements are shifting a little bit. I think, Mark, you talked about it becoming very important to have a happy family. That that to me is a real KPI that in a leadership board, we forget to add that as the topic, as the measurement. So to answer your question, I feel like it's being present, wholly listening, and being okay with silence. Because also in that silence, you're going to get body language and breathing that's also going to let you know and kind of gauge where the conversation is going. And through that, I feel like I've been able to really connect with people faster. Most people will say it'll take two, maybe even five years to really build a relationship with the customer. I feel like if you're actively listening, it does not take that long. And, you know, Kirsten, we talk about performance metrics, you know, because it, this is not just a feel-good exercise for businesses. Right, right. You know, th- this is something that's measurable. Yeah. Ja- Jazz, how would you, you know, how do you score somebody, you know, that says, I'm getting to be a better listener? You know, I, I was at this level, and now I'm at this level. How do you know that you're a better listener? I feel like in a sales environment, it's 
for example, as expensive as this consultant was, they did it every year for like five or six years. Mm -hmm. um, they always brought him back and continued to pay him because they noticed the people in Top Gun, even though you already took your top 20%, there was a 60% increase in their sales the following year. Right. Fascinating. That's, yeah. that's a huge <laughs> return on investment. It was huge. ROI, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's why they always paid him. And even though, you know, his, his fee got higher every year. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I feel like from a sales perspective, it's easy. The it, it will show in the numbers. I think you just know when you're, when you're communicating better with someone else, mm -hmm. you know, on a personal mm -hmm. level. And that's great, Mark. And because we're all on the same page here, which excites me, is that the answers are always within. And we heard that from the Dalai Lama to all our major spiritual leaders around the world. They always say that one thing, the answer is always within. And hence why we just need to give people the tools to go within so they can find the answer. And that's, that's intuitive leadership. If the listeners here really want to go down this track, but not in a a sense of being too woo-woo or out there in a modern day world, get onto the Quality Mind app and just start the process of cleaning down what you don't need. Because as you do that, you'll start to see that your intuitive level, your intelligence system will activate. But what were some milestones that you see? So coming from the space that I was in before, Mark, the old paradigm of always looking at sales numbers, spreadsheets, blah, blah, coming from that, I didn't want to do that anymore. So for me, it wasn't going to be that type of, of achievement um, to measure. To me, it was in the beginning, how quickly am I healing? Am I feeling fulfilled? What does it look like or feel like for me when I'm not fulfilled and when I'm not in the right space is I'm, I get very irritable, Mark. Not that people can see that, but I feel it. That's right. I feel it. Ooh, this is not a space I'm supposed to be in. And, and learning to read the signs. All of a sudden, I, I started getting tons of referrals. All of a sudden, people wanted to partner up with me in retreats. Like, all this stuff is showing up. And I didn't need a spreadsheet. I didn't need a Salesforce training, you know, program. Yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't need all that. And, and it's great. Don't get me wrong. It's great if that's how you do things. For me, it wasn't necessary. I knew I was on the right path by all those key indicators. Things were showing up for me. I was partnering up with people with, that I wanted to partner up as far as energy. I was, it was happening, happening effortlessly. Dr. James Doty is the founder and director of the Center for Compassion and Altruism Research and Education at Stanford University. He is a practicing neurosurgeon. I learned about Dr. Doty as the author of this New York Times bestseller, into the Magic Shop, a neurosurgeon's quest to discover the mysteries of the brain and the secrets of the heart. Well, certainly the very nature of being a physician is to be compassionate. Sometimes with our technologically driven medical conglomerate, oftentimes it gets lost behind all the technology. But I tell my trainees that your success, even as a neurosurgeon, I attribute as much to being kind and compassionate as to all the technology. You know, when someone acts with kindness to another individual versus treating them just like a disease, it actually has a profound positive effect on their physiology. Because if you're kind, if you're caring, what happens is it shifts their fear mode, which has a lot of negative physiologic effects, to what we call their parasympathetic nervous system, that rest and digest system. 
And if you do surgery or other medical interventions on a person who is calm, relaxed, feels comfortable, their immune system is boosted, they heal faster, they're in the hospital less time. It has a very, very positive effect on outcomes. Is compassion something that can be taught? Yes, I think you're right. Unfortunately, medical schools have not placed being a kind, compassionate, caring human being at the top of the list for criteria for acceptance. You know, unfortunately and sadly, the primary driver is academic performance. And while that is important, there is no documented evidence that having a 4.0 grade point average makes you a better doctor. Certainly having an above average level of intelligence is important, but as you alluded to, there are individuals who are not particularly kind or compassionate. And in fact, even the drivers, their motivators of becoming physicians are not necessarily to care for the patient, but job security and financial reward. I think that's a challenge, but I think now with all all the evidence we see that a number of medical schools are including that aspect. And in fact, we have developed at Stanford a compassion cultivation training program that's used throughout the world and that we have studied and has demonstrated that one can not only be more compassionate to themselves, this idea of self-compassion, but it also increases your ability to see the world in a different way and understand that everyone is suffering and being more compassionate to them. And as you think about those exercises, I'm very curious about the practices. What would a person do to stretch that muscle? Meditation, whether it's more personal interaction, what would some of those exercises look like? All of those, as we learn more and more about how the brain works and how to create at a subconscious level that intention. As an example, simply doing a breathing exercise while you're sitting and slowly breathing in over a count of five and then releasing, that in and of itself forces you to shift your tone of the vagus nerve to increase. And that shifts you from the sympathetic innervation and stimulation, which is our flight, fight, or freeze response, to the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest system, which is one where you have a sense of calmness, you have access to your executive control areas, you have more discernment in how you view the world, you're much more open, you're much more connected. But as you also mentioned, I mean, frankly, simply doing acts towards others, number one, get you out of your head of being hypercritical, but it also actually increases the metabolism in our reward centers because as a species, we are wired to care. So I'm thinking about the business consulting. It's all about the numbers, the metric. How do we know we're improving? How would one working with you know that they're advancing towards their entelechy, moving towards my potential. You know, we've used the analogy of the tulip. It knows it's growing out of the ground. Right, The right. butterfly knows it's coming out of the chrysalis. How do we as individuals know that we're moving towards our actuality? There are many people in different places. I'm going to just give you three examples because I think that's really important. One, I'm always committed to the numbers because it's just a measurement. Part of teaching people to be tied to metrics also eliminates a lot of blocks, especially for people in the spiritual realm. They have a lot of blocks around money and moving forward, seeking a sale. That's just a conversation there. They really actually reject. So, of course, they're, they're going to have a hard time moving. But when we look at measurement for a person, one, we have to uncover what they really want. 
And nine out of 10 times, what we say we want and what we really want are two different things. <laughs> so getting to the core of what they really want, because what they say they want is what society has built in that they should want. So true. Or they're ingrained with their own fear that they don't even believe, they don't even remember how to dream. So they don't even know that what they really want is on the table. Mm -hmm. So first part is to get really to the inner essence of who they are and what they you're want. You're talking about society. I mean, the pressure that sometimes even families, mom and dad always wanted me to be a doctor. You know, Absolutely. I, you know, I just, Absolutely. I knew I had to have this or that to be a real person. Right. Or my neighbors, you know, if I right. don't have the right car, they won't like me. That's right. You know, so that's so interesting about what you really, really do want. What you really do want. And what I love in particular, if you look at women right now, it's usually men in the schools and women who are back at work. I work with a lot of young women. And they have this guilt. Two, there's two guilts. One, if they choose to leave work and stay home and raise their children, there's a guilt because women shouldn't want that anymore. That's not a good enough cause or yes. purpose. Or if they don't want it, it's not a good enough cause or purpose, right? It's not. It's tied to what really they hold in those two directions. Absolutely. Yeah. So, how do you define what's really in there? And then once we get to that, then we create out measurements. And it's not me giving them measures. They create their own measures. What does it look like for you to win in that area? And then we start pulling for the right environment because it's not just putting a metric on a piece of paper. Who do you actually have to be to achieve that metric? So the work is done inside so they can then become and stand, step into what they want to achieve. You're really adding, I think, a surprising thing for many people. Who would call some of this a metaphysical, the new age, the woo-woo? But you're putting a rigor you know, oh, and a discipline a behind it. Without so a doubt. So it's not just I feel better or I feel more comfortable in my own skin or but rather, no, we can put some measurements behind this and see that you are making the progress that you want to make. Not that I've dictated to you. Yeah. I'm not directing you. Absolutely. That is so, so good. Absolutely. Because, yeah. you know, mo a lot of the people I talk to, you even use the goal word goals, measurements, KPIs, even people in corporate. I hear KPI, my head spins. Exactly. Right? <laughs> and it's usually a metric that doesn't make sense anyway. They put these measurements in place that aren't even really aligned with the bottom line, which is kind of funny. You wonder why we're even measuring these. So I hear KPI and my mind starts to explode because I really do like to have optimization. I don't want 10 wheels spinning. I just need one wheel spinning so I can get there the quickest way possible. Well, that's all for our special edition of IntelliKey Leadership Stories for this episode. I hope you've enjoyed this overview, the recap from our thought leaders on how they measure progress, how they know they're advancing, and what steps we can take to reach our full potential. So we look forward to having you join us for our next episode. And most of all, join us to hear more stories of leaders and their journeys. And until next time, here's to your IntelliKey as you grow as a leader in your own life. Bye for now.